Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. On today's podcast, I interview a good friend of mine, Ryan Kelly, who uh, is just an all-around awesome dude who shares his experiences with addiction, um, drugs and alcohol, as well as uh, some of his insights on society and his views on how we see addiction. And... um, and how in his road to recovery, he's, he's found empowerment. He's been sober for 19 years, well, coming up 19 years in August. And he's saved, helped save lives of many people along the way. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, thank you for listening. All right, so Ryan, thank you for uh, joining me here today. You're welcome. Um, so... I originally talked to you before about doing this podcast because we were at Rugby Sevens and I was like three sheets to the wind. Yeah. And you said something that was very profound to me. You said, you know, because we were talking about how you're sober, you've been sober for almost 19 years. And, you, and I said, well, how do you do it around all these drunks? Yeah. Right? And you're like, hey man, I'm having a good time. Yeah. I don't need to put poison in my body Correct. to have a good time. Correct. So, so, so if you want, like, I can go back to, like, where I used to be, used to think the same. Right. Right? Yeah. Until there was a time where I had to get grateful mm. for going through what I got through in order to see that you don't have to put toxins in your body to have fun. Right? Okay. So, <clears throat> so you know, I at an early age... I remember looking at adults partying, mm. saying, wow, they're, they're so much different when they put alcohol in their body. Right. So at, at a young age, when you're 10, 11 years old, and you're like, your parents are different people when they're drinking. Right. They seem to have more fun. All of a sudden, you start thinking, if That's I put funny. alcohol in my body, I have more fun. Right. When it's not true. Right. Right. So, and it took me a long time to realize this isn't fun anymore. So, how old were you when you started experimenting with I remember alcohol? 12 years old, so grade 6. Yeah. Uh, New Year's. The older brother decided he was having rum and cokes and they didn't like it. And, like, I finished all their glasses, right? Right. So, I was super young. Mm-hmm. So, when, when people talk about being born an addict. Right. Or born alcoholic. Right. 100%, right? As soon as that alcohol went in me, I thought things were more fun. Hmm. I thought, wow, all my worries are gone. Because at a young age, I had lots of worries, right? So, you know, once I f- put that poison in me, it didn't feel like I had worries anymore. Right. Right? When really you're just masking those worries. You're just filling up your emotional bag with alcohol so the emotions aren't there. Right. Until the next day, yeah. you wake up and the emotions are... Ten times worse. Ten times worse. Right, right. You got a hangover. Yeah, you got a hangover. And a shame over. Well, at young age, your mom's going, why are you drunk? Right. 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 Were, were your parents really strict? Uh, I, my dad was very much against drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I live mostly with my mom, but I always remember my dad saying, like, if you do drugs and alcohol, I'll kick your ass. Right? Yeah. Um, and he did sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, like, I went offside, right? right? I went down that line that I shouldn't have went down, but um, 
Yeah, it's just, you know, the, I wouldn't say strict, but like, you know, I, once I put alcohol in my body, I continually fail people in my life, right? I didn't, uh, I wasn't there for them. I uh, wasn't a good son, wasn't a good friend, and wasn't a good uh, brother, whatever, family member, right? Mm -hmm. um, completely different compared to where I am today, right? <laughs> um, if most people that meet me and know me, I'll be there for them, right? Before, now when things go on in my family, I'm the first person they call because they know like my dad had a brain aneurysm in the States. I drove down to go figure out his paperwork. He was with his wife. Right. I drove down to the States to get her back here so that they could air flight him home at like 2.30 in the morning. I'm the only one that's going to answer the phone at 2.30 in the morning. Who can respond appropriately. Or just they know I'll answer. My yeah. phone is on 24-7 for addicts. Right. If somebody calls and needs me, I'm there. Okay. Right? Because somebody was there for me one day. Right? So, now your parents and your brother, yeah. do they still, are they sober? Like No. So it's funny, the, the other day my brother, I guess in May there's been a bunch of opiate overdoses in Vancouver. And they say the highest month ever of opiates because of, because also the government gave them some extra money. Right. So my it's brother so comments, druggies, you know, give them money and look what happens, right? So I respond, hey, like, these are people. Yeah. They're not druggies, right. right? Watch who you're calling a druggie because right. your son or your daughter might end up being a druggie. Right. Not a nice word, Yeah. right? They all have a story, whatever that story is, right? They might have used drugs once and got HIV. Are you going to be able to stay sober if you have AIDS? Hmm. We don't know their story. We right. can't judge people. So, we can try and help them. Right. That's all we can do. So you, do you see addiction? Is that the proper term for it versus yeah, yeah. a druggie? 100%. Somebody who's an addict. An addict, yeah. Right? An Born addict. an addict. Born an addict. Yeah, right. as soon as they put anything in their body that they love or lets them feel, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. Right. As soon as they put anything in their body that makes them feel good, they want more of it. Yeah. So like for me, instant, for instance, like in the last 10 years, I really took up golf and got good at it. That was almost an addiction. Oh, it was full blown. Yeah. yeah. Full blown. Yeah. Or like to the point where I'm like, babe, like I need to go like here. Yeah. She's like, you're going golfing. I'm like, yeah. Right. Like right. where I want to get better and better and I'm chasing. Yeah. Like I think like 90% of people that make it anywhere in sports have addiction in their background because totally. how did you get there? Yeah. Well, you trained your ass off. You worked your tail off. You were obsessed about yeah. getting there. That's why you got there. And sometimes that's the thing is addiction can be used as a positive. Well, look at Robert Downey Jr. 100%. Right? Right. Like there's a guy who he's taken his, you know, resolve or whatever because he's hyper-focused. Mm -hmm. Right? And anything that an addict does, they do very well. Right. They right. get obsessed about so it. So I've heard. They obsess about right? it, right? Yeah. So in your story, and you know, we might jump around yeah, here and that's yeah, all right. But tell me a little bit more. So at 12, you first... Okay, so at five, six years old, mm -hmm. I started to realize my dad, who I was obsessed with, right. thought he was, you know, God's gift, right? Good soccer player, good this, this. Thought he was the best dad. Strong, Right. He prepped him, popped himself up too, right? He made himself look 
very good. Um, I found out he's having an affair, right, with mom's best friend. Right. So I held on to that for six years while not being the best student. My bag of emotions were full. Right. Until alcohol, which then I realized that was just hiding the fact mm -hmm. of what happened. And at 12, my dad married my mom's best friend. Right. Which is messed up, right? Like, I mean, people people have things that happen to them, right? So both my sister, my stepsister, mm -hmm. we, who was my best friend, is now your stepsister. Right. Right. That's going to mess people up. Yeah. This girl, like, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, this girl's my best friend forever, and now right. she's my sister. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, my mom's now left crying by herself. Like, and now my dad and that girl get married. Right. Well, I and this is your mom's best friend. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Right? No kid wants that. Right. Right? And it took me to getting clean and sober to realize it was best for the whole family. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then it took me 16 years of clean time before I said, Dad, that was not cool. <laughs> right? Like, what did you do? Yeah. Right? And he was like, well, I left your mom the house was paid for. I'm like, yeah, then she paid you half. Like, why do you keep bringing that up, right? right. That, that hurts me to this day that you keep bringing it up, right? Because you don't know what you did to me for six years while you were hiding your big secret, right? So I started drinking to numb those feelings, not knowing. At 12, you don't know you're numbing feelings. Right. You're just drinking because you think it's fun. Yeah. Well, realistically, it's fun because life is not fun right now. It's an escape. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people drink... And including the downtown east side, they drink and drug to escape that they're on the downtown east side. Mm -hmm. And what what do you think is the worst in terms of uh, substance that we're looking at here? Well, the pro the biggest issue is that young kids are seeing. Well, it's alcohol is easy to get, right? Alcohol and wheat, like. If you go to the schools now, you know, grade 10, grade 9, they're out smoking weed, right? And they don't think, and the government has said it's legal now, really, right? right? But they don't think like, you know, in three, four years when weed's not working anymore, mm -hmm. what's the next step? And lots of people will smoke weed, you know, like for the rest of their lives and live okay lives. Right. But how much better could it be if they didn't? Yeah. Right? Their life would probably be better. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know too many people that are like, that everything has made it for them, yet they smoke weed every day. Well, there's an interesting, the, the arguments for why they do things yeah. is interesting. And, you know, I'm no saint. Yeah. Right? Like, I for me, alcohol was the biggest uh, problem. problem. Yeah. Right? And it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm not above to say that I'm through it. Right. But I haven't, you know... I just, it's almost like I don't want to drink anymore. Right. Versus like, you know, oh, I don't want to, do, it's just like, I'm not a drinker. Right. And that's my identity. But it used to be like, you know, oh, Rob Grant, he yeah, just likes to party. Yeah, he's a right? good time. Yeah. 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 And, and but then, you've realized, started to realize too that it's not as much of a good time. Well, you have to I can't be accountable. Like a two-day hangover. Yeah, I can't be accountable. I got a kid. Yeah, yeah. Right? But but I'm able to kind of look at this and go, okay, you know, this is a good place to stop. Yeah, it's a good amount. Right? 
And, and I'm, I'm realizing that like, okay, for example, people are like, yeah, I smoke weed to just, just to go to sleep. Yeah. Oh, just to go to sleep every night. Right. Like that's a problem. That's That's a problem. So, but we, we, we minimize. It's like we're blind. We're making excuses for for putting poison in our body. Right. So trust me, if I could smoke weed once a month, I would, but I can't. Because if you did, you'd if do I it. have one, I want like give me give me a whole freaking grow up because I'm good. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, one, no, one is too many, and is a thousand is never, never enough, enough for me. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. you know, it took me four or five years to quit cigarettes after I got mm. clean. Uh, like, and I would try and quit every month. Right. As soon as I had one puff of a smoke after like a roast beef dinner or something, yeah, get me the carton because right. I'm back. Right? Right. right. So I just know for now, like I just can't do it. Yeah. Right. I I look so funny because so funny. Like a long time ago, like you know, there was no gummies. Right. right. These gummy edibles. Right. Yeah. Now I'm like my eye brain is like, wouldn't mind trying the gummies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, like what? And then you're. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. I'd be fucked. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know. You know. Might as well line up the coke and all the other stuff that goes along with it. Right. That's me. Yeah. Right. And and that's me with everything in life. Like it's not just that drugs and alcohol. Right. right. So, you know, I've done my uh, steps like, you know, 16 times and on different stuff. Right. And right now I'm writing them on just my ego. Right. Mm. So my ego getting in the way of who I actually am to to try and make myself feel better. Right. Or somebody boost you up. Right. When why? If they don't like me for who I am, that's on them. That's not on me. I'm not going to change who I am because somebody doesn't like me. Right. Right. If you don't like me who I am, then move on and find a new person that likes you. But I'm not going to create hate for that person. Why Why do you think that this the social pressures, I think, are some of the most difficult for people? I mean, I have a theory, but I'm curious what yours is. We, we are pressured so much by society. Right. Um, people want to feel loved. Bottom line is love. Yeah. Right? Like, if you don't have love in your life, from friends, family, wife, you know, what do you have? Mm. Right? So a lot of people like, that's the number one thing to, to kill all this hate that's going on in the world is love. Right. right? If we don't have love, then what do we got? Right? Yeah. You know, I, would I stay with my wife if she said I didn't love her? No. Right? Right. But we say we love each other every day, right? Yeah. How but, you get, have you guys been married? Yeah. Um, like... 14, well, we got married in 08, but we've been together since like 05, 06, right? Right. So, you know, um, and we're strong. We're stronger than ever, right? And I mean, bottom line is people need to feel like they're wanted. Yes. If you're not feeling like you're wanted, you're going to search for it. Right. I remember in high school, clearly jumping around from group to group until I found like the The identity. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who was the group? Right. The people that smoked weed out at the, right? Right. Now I fit in here. Right? If I fit in there, I'm going to stay there. And that's what happens to kids. Right. Right? All of a sudden, they don't feel good they're in the group that they're in. And they move and they move and they move and they move. And they get maybe they get kicked off the basketball team mm-hmm. one year because they didn't make it. And now they got lower self-esteem, so they're out at the smoke pit. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens at the smoke pit? You start to feel it. Fit, yeah. fit in somewhere. Yeah. Right? And you're going to continue that habit until the addiction sets in just to fit in somewhere. So... In your own experiences, your first drink, several drinks, was when you're 12, right. and then you go to high school. So when did it when did it become that you were so in, 
you know, obsessed with getting. You were you were enchained almost, a prisoner of your addiction. I would say grade nine. Mm-hmm. Grade nine, it really like, you know, grade eight. I was at Johnson Heights, and then grade nine, I went to Fleetwood, and you know, leaving the school at Johnson Heights. Like I didn't have too many friends there because a lot of my friends went to North Surrey, but my brother was already at Johnson Heights. So when I went back to Fleetwood. I was like, okay, where am I going to fit in here? Right. Right? Well, I fit in at the smoke pit. Right. That's where I just clinged on to whoever I could mm-hmm. at that time. But, like, that's why I say, I, like, I was long an addict before that. Right? right. Before drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Like, I remember trying to be the fastest kid or the dirtiest kid or the, the one that jumped the highest or whatever it was. Right. I had to do it to the max. Right. Right? And that was just me from the youngest of age. Right? So... I mean, and all of that, I think, is positive, but as soon as we put negative in our body... Mm. Then we're on that path. Yeah, we're on the negative So path. you keep feeding the positive, you'll stay on the positive. Right. Once you feed the negative. And could, right now, if yeah. I fed the negative right now, I'm done. You're back on oh, that, I'm done. that trail. Yeah, people always ask me, why do I... Don't, you don't drink at all? Right? Right. They're shocked when I yeah. say, no, I don't drink. Yeah. Like, I don't drink. I haven't drank for 19 years. Never? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not hear what I yeah. just said? <laughs> but why is that such a big deal? Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Well, like, like, like why is it like... Why, who's no asking drink? that? Yeah. Like, who's if I told you I didn't drink, yeah. and then they're shocked and say never? Yeah. Yeah, that means never. Right? But, but, and, and, and it's like, drinking is like one of the things... Like, if, if I don't eat eggs... Yeah. Somebody's not gonna be like, never, you never eat eggs. Yeah. No, I just don't eat eggs because I'm allergic. Because people are in shock. I'm allergic. People are in right. shock. They're like, how do you not do but it? But does that not almost point us in the direction of there's something about alcohol that it has imprisoned our minds yeah, yeah. collectively as a society? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, and I'm no again, I'm no saint. I, I, yeah, yeah. I still drink the odd beer. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not. No, and I'm no judging. Yeah, yeah. Because, right? but, but when, when. But this is why I think, and I'm curious to know what you think. But when you when somebody's drinking, and then they're like, "Hey, do you want a beer?" And you're like, "No, thanks." Oh, it makes them feel like, "Well, yeah, aren't I an asshole?" Yeah. Like, yeah. What am I? What is what's missing that he has? What am I missing that this person has? So it's almost like a reverse pressure, right? Well, I don't think I think people almost realize like, like they're almost wondering how I, how do you make it through things. Without drinking. Right. Right. And that's a scary place. So it's a social lubricant. Yeah. Well, not only social, but just in life. Okay. Like you come home from work. Mm -hmm. I know so many people come home from work and they just have two or three. Right. Right. Or four. Yeah. Just to unwind. Yeah. What? Why? Right. Why is that? Right. Or they have a joint before bed. Right. Why? Well, because they got to sleep. Right, right. But how are you not sleeping without it? Right, like what, so what? Why is it? Yeah. you can't. Sleep there is a reason. It? Yeah, and bought me with all the stuff I've learned through going through all the stuff is because most people's emotions are full. The bag of emotions are full. So this is the 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 best means of having an unleash of, of For, letting loose. Yeah. So right. well, just, this is self medication. Yeah, yeah. They they take yeah. that so they don't have to think about this bag. And nothing, the bag never gets emptied if, you, no. if you're drinking or smoking weed. Everything. So how do you empty the bag? Well, for me, I have to do the steps. Okay. Okay. To 12 steps. I got to go to meetings. I got to hook in with other addicts every day. Right. Because somebody hooked into me. When I first got clean, the very last day of my using, I called an addict. 
And he said, do you feel like blowing your head off right now? I said, if you had a gun, I probably would. And that's when I went to the hospital, right? Because he's like, you need to go check yourself into the psych ward, right? How did you know this person before? My brother knew that he was somebody that had some recovery time. Right. So he might only had like a year or something. Yeah. I haven't seen the guy since, right? But I did. Is he up. still yeah, sober? Yeah, he's still sober. Yeah, I think he lives in Kelowna. Right, but uh, well, boy, you gotta invite him. Your, I know, your twenty man, twenty year, yeah. He's yeah. probably around twenty years now because he think he was a year. Yeah, I should hook up with him. I think I got him on Facebook or something, right? But yeah, I mean, that guy. That's what addicts like. One addict helping another, right? Somebody helped him. But that that's the community piece. Right. That's the fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship, right? And it's the only thing like in the nineteen thirties, AA had like a eighty percent success rate. Because, like, they would bring in the two alcoholics in the town, bring it to the hospital. The guy's dying. Mm. And he says, follow us. Do what we do. You'll stay clean. Right. And took it. But what was that? That guy had nothing when he was laying in the hospital bed. Yeah. His family didn't even come see him. Because he Cause he's fucked. fucked everything yeah, up. Yeah, he fucked yeah. everything up, right? Yeah. These two randoms have right. come and spent time with him. Now they're playing cards at his bedside. Now this guy's got a friend now. He's going to latch on to that. Right. Just like I latched on to the smoke pit. Right. right. He has his community. Right. He's got it. And he's seeing his worth. Right. Because that's what we as humans Right. Need. So now, over the, you know, 80 years of AA, right? And NA, like, you know, NA is 50 years old or something like that. Right. right. Over those years, that fellowship has been secured. Right? Okay. It's not as strong as it was because... It's so know, big. Well, not only that, people are there for the wrong reason. People are there, oh, this is a nice looking girl at the way meeting. Oh, <laughs> Or a good-looking right. guy there. Oh, that right. guy has right. some money, right? Right. You know, or what I'm are, just here are, for friends. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to meetings to meet friends. I have friends. Yeah. Right? I go I'm to meetings because I got to get clean. Right? Yeah. I got to deal with the emotions inside of me. Right. I don't know how to do that unless I go there. Right. Right? So the, you know, and that's the reason that I am have success. Yeah. I go there not to meet friends or women. I go, I, like, I used to go to men's meeting only. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Right? Yeah. Because... Guys that share when other girls are around, or girls that share when guys are around, yeah. they're not being honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah we're punches. great, I'm making good money. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not, this yeah. not bumble. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're here to get clean and yeah. sober, right? right? So we go to men's meeting and it's all real. Right. My wife's leaving me. I'm a mess, right? And and this guy's sober and yeah, he's yeah. sleeping. Yeah, well, he's and, got like, you know, some guy's got four weeks clean. Right. You know, he's hanging yeah. on to a thread. He's coming to the meeting and sharing the real, you know, you go to meetings... With women in there, they're not even saying they have a wife. <laughs> yeah. So what is the? Because people's egos. Right. Right. When we go to a meeting with just men, men relating with other men, or women relating with other women, right. we don't have the ego wall gets taken down a bit. Well, I think that alcohol certainly feeds our egos. Oh, big time! Right. Like I'm of the course. best singer. Yeah, I'm. I tell oh, great going jokes. To, going to, I tell great. I can talk to karaoke. The worst. You get yeah. right in their face. Karaoke the worst. Yeah, right. well, your pitch is fucked. I think gong. I think they should have gong show karaoke. So if you're shitty, yeah, the bartender just gong like get off. <laughs> like no, nobody. I go yeah. to these pubs right yeah. with my wife for like Thursday night. It's karaoke night. Yeah, I'm like, dude, this is this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're seeing it for what it is. Yeah, I get to see it sober. Right? Think about that though. Yeah, yeah. Is there? You know, not to do confirmation bias, but, you know, I think we're on the same page in terms of how we see what this is. Yeah, yeah. And it's a poison. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it fucks up people's lives. 
100%. And the thing about alcohol is that, you know, it's a drug. So I don't know why people say drugs and alcohol. It's, it's a drug. Yeah, it's the same. Right. I wish that we would get to a point where meetings were just called. And the problem is that some of the old, old alcoholics don't want to think that they, they, they say they never did drugs. Right. Yeah. So, but I would love to get to the point of something called addictions anonymous. And that doesn't exist. No, it's right all now we're at alcohol, right? Anonymous. Right. We're at um, NA, Narcotics Anonymous. We have Overeaters Anonymous. Right. Cocaine Anonymous, right? Because, well, co- cocaine is different than narcotics. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Who, yeah. <laughs> why are you putting symbols on what right, you did? Right. And means Anonymous. Right. Yeah, what it, it, gambling Anonymous. Right. Like, why can't we all be at one place and your drug of choice was that? Yes. Who cares? What and it's all feeding the same parts of our brain. 100%. Right? That dopamine. that dopamine feedback loop. Right. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's making us lubricated to feel okay in life, right? Or chasing that next high or that next, yeah. right? And it's just, you know, we can all help each other. Why are we going to separate places to help each other? Yeah. Right? When we can all learn something from someone. 100%. Right? right? You know? Because, I mean, I think about my own sort of situation and, uh, you know, I don't think it'd be appropriate for me to go to an AA meeting because, you know, I might have a beer in three months or whatever, right? And I don't think that that's respectful to people who are in that same spot. However, that's a community. And I think it's a, a, a much healthier community than the ones that are so readily accessible for people like myself today. Right. Right? Like we go do things and it's like, well, let's go get a beer. Uh, why? You know, I don't want to get a beer because, you know, I care about my health. Right, right. Right? I'll the have craziest tonic. thing is Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. The, only, the requirement to join that group is all that you need to have is the desire to stop drinking. You don't right. have to be sober. Right? They, re- they ask you not to share if you've drank that day. Right. But if anybody has a desire to mm-hmm. one day stop, you can be drunk every day for three years, but you're going to the meeting because they don't yeah. have rules on who can join. Right. Right. And, and when you fail a rule, it just makes you want to go harder. You know what I mean? Right. Like going we back have, to that negative track. I know, I know people that have come back to meetings, you know, weeks on weeks saying they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be perfect. Right. Now, the, the, the meetings aren't for perfection. Right? No, it's progress, not perfection. Yeah. And I've had times where, you know, I've never I've never relapsed. But I've You've had, never relapsed. No, I've never drank or done drugs. The day I said I was gonna quit, I quit. Okay, right? well, okay, we gotta talk about that. <laughs> okay. So like that is first of all, you know, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because you turn your life around. Yeah. Right? Because this house wouldn't look like this if you're doing drugs and alcohol. <laughs> no. Right? You'd be a shithole. Oh yeah. No, I wouldn't be allowed here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Get out. Right? Yeah. You knew well enough that your trajectory was death. Right? Yeah, yeah. Always. Sounds sounds like it. So yeah, no. There was times I spent many, like you know, at the edge of a bridge, looking down. Right. Like actually. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you in the thick of like? Okay, so partying every from week? the age of like seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard drugs, like every day, alcohol. Every day. Yeah, alcohol, methamphetamines, cocaine. You know. And I've tried everything other than heroin, right? Yeah. Just because I didn't want to miss the party. Why go to sleep? <laughs> what are you doing heroin and go to sleep? Yeah. No, I'm good on that. Yeah. I want to stay up, right? Yeah. So yeah, it just wasn't my, 
it wasn't my forte, right? Right. So, you know, but that doing that much methamphetamines eventually caused me to get psychosis. So my brain, right. this is, I tried to explain this to somebody today and it's kind of hard to explain. My conscience became my dad's voice. So whenever you do something and you go to grab a glass of water or whatever you go to do inside you, your brain says, Hey, you should have a sip of water. And then you go do that. Mm -hmm. Well, that was actually my dad's voice. And he's has a very strong Belfast accent. Ooh, okay. So he's actually saying, Hey Ryan, your mouth's dry. Have a sip of water. Right. And I'm going, right. I'm looking around for him. Yeah. But so you thought he was following me. I thought he was following me. So, so eventually after two years of that, his voice turned into, you should just kill yourself. Like on a loop in my head, just end it. Just kill yourself. Just nobody cares about you anymore. Like just negative, negative, negative. And I would spend hours looking for him. Like I would get super high. Mm -hmm. I would go to like forest thinking he's chasing me through the forest. And he all the while telling you, you need to kill yourself. Right. When he wasn't even there. He would never follow me anyway. Right. So eventually I called him. Yeah. And said, he didn't know I was on. They all knew I was messed up, but they didn't know what I was doing. Right. Right. They didn't want me around the house because something's going to go missing or whatever it is for me to get my next high. Right. Or people are going to come to the house looking for me or right. whatever. So eventually he, uh, I called him and said, can you, you know, I'm messed up. Just leave me alone. Stop following me around. Cause you legitimately thought oh. he was following you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did not. You're I, calling about that. Well, I've been up for like yeah, six yeah, days. Yeah. 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 I, had, I didn't sleep for like six days. Yeah. Cause the voices were so strong. Yeah. You're in no sleep. And, and you're sleep deprived. Yeah, you're yeah. on. So the last two yeah. years I was sleep. Like I would stay up for a Which minimum. is horrible for oh, our bodies. Crazy. Let alone the crazy. drugs. I was under a hundred pounds and Fuck. I, I uh, would constantly uh, stay up for two or three days and then sleep for almost 24 hours and then up for two or three yeah. days, right? And, and hardly eating because no, I, mean, no. I don't think you have much of an appetite. It, yeah, you know, it doesn't cocaine. matter about food. You just yeah. ate, you know, you just I'm pretty eat. hungry. I'll have a beer. Yeah. yeah, whatever I did to get the next high, right? And uh, I eventually, yeah, so I called him and he said, Ryan, and he had told me two weeks before this mm -hmm. that they were going to Palm Springs. He said, Ryan, I'm in Palm Springs. Right. And I'm like, wow. Oh, Yeah. Right. So I realized he's not even in the same country as me. So then I walked to my mom's and she wasn't home. So I went to the neighbor who is ex-RCMP and said, like, can I wait here until my mom gets home? If I don't stay here, I might kill myself. Like, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, I might die. Right? And he said, yeah, for sure you can stay here. So I waited for my mom to come home and she was fed up with me. Yeah. She's done. Yeah. Right? And she said, uh, well, I don't, I don't care where you go. And I'm like, wow. And I really had nowhere else to turn. So I don't this think... This is the last straw. People don't get well until they have no more enabler. Right. Right? I didn't have an enabler. My mom, my dad's out of the country. My mom doesn't want me in her property. My grandpa was visiting from Ireland mm -hmm. and said, I will drive you to the hospital. From that day forward, I checked myself in the psych ward. And after I got out about like five days after, later out of the psych ward I would go ahead because the brain the brain was still sick the brain still had those voices in my head even though I hadn't used in five or six days so the doctors thought maybe he's schizophrenic now right it might not go away irreparable damage the psychosis might not go away yeah 
So I used to go over to my dad's because if I was with my dad, you knew he wasn't. The voice wasn't real. Right. I'm standing in front of him. Yeah. So and we started to realize that's not the that's not his voice. Right. His voice doesn't want you to kill yourself. Right. His voice wants you to live. Right. So after about 17 days of hanging out at dad's, he's like, you got to get a job or something. <laughs> like, you can't just come hang out with me yeah. every day. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I, I can barely stay up for two hours. I can't work right now. Right. Like I've been, I haven't slept for two years. Yeah. Right. And you've been sober all these 17 days. I've been clean 17 days. Okay. So, so the house I was staying at yeah. still, they're loaded. They're doing acid every night. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to stay clean right. while these people are doing drugs all day long. But my family didn't want me at their house. Right. So eventually one night they were doing real bad drugs. And I, I said, I got to go to my dad's, man. Right. So I yeah. started walking over to my dad's. But I was so messed up. I'm wandering in the traffic. Because you're. Well, they had me on some medication for. And I had taken one too many to try and go to sleep. Because the house was crazy. Right. Yeah. So they had Respiritol, it's called. So it's trying to re-spirit the body. It's uh, Respiritol. Yeah. It, it's supposed to like, you know help with psychosis right so i had taken too many i started walking down fraser highway i'm wandering into traffic yeah there used to be an arco gas station on fraser highway in 164th i went in there. yeah 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 i went it's in it's still there now yeah, yeah. yeah the gas station's still there now with different names so i went in there and i the guy looked at me he knew who i was he goes what happened to you <laughs> my tongue's all out of my mouth <laughs> he goes what, what's going on i think is there any way you can drive me to my dad's yeah he said i'll close the I'll, he closed the arco he locked it up and drove me. Whoa. Right? So he drives me to my dad's and I said, Dad, I, I can't go back to that house. Yeah. I'll get loaded if I go back there. Yeah. Like anytime. And since you, sorry, since you got released from the hospital, you had been clean. Yeah. Like that was the last time. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last time. I didn't want to Okay. Because I wanted to get better. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You had that desire. Yeah. And I wasn't that person. Right. Right. Started you with, had that. I had six. Paradigm seven, shift. Yeah. I had six or seven days, you know, in the psych ward and I started realizing holy fuck, what have I done? Right. But not until I got clean did I start to realize the guilt and shame of what I've done, right? So, Which is often enough to make somebody go back. Right. So my dad said, well, either we get you into a, like a long-term care facility mm -hmm. or we got to find something. And I had never even heard of treatment centers. Right. I was only 20. Because you'd never been to a well, meeting. Well, I was only 20 or... years old. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Right. Right. Nobody's ever introduced me to NA or AA at that time, right? Nobody in my family's had that issue or right. whatever, right? So, uh we eventually got me into a treatment center in Port Coquitlam. And uh, the first night I was there, I couldn't sleep, right? And the counselor the next morning said, hey, how'd you sleep? And I said, well, I didn't. I still have this voice in my head telling me to freaking kill myself. All this guilt and shame. I said, I got some roommate that's showing me pictures in the middle of the night of his pit bull. Like, stuff's messed up, <laughs> yeah. dude, right? And yeah. there was no roommate showing me. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm dreaming stuff and stuff, right? So the next night, I'm having this, what, like I fell asleep probably for like a minute or two. And I'm having this dream that this roommate is showing me pictures of his pit bull. I jump out of the bed. I went down the chair rail. Yeah. A metal chair rail. I have a big scar on my leg. Cut Ooh. my leg open. Yeah. And I'm standing in the hallway looking back into the room. And earlier that day, the counselor said, well, when you go to bed tonight, you say the serenity prayer. Right. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. going to help. That's going to help me. Right. Yeah. So I'm. I look back, I'm in the hallway and I look back into my room because I was scared this guy showing me pictures of Pitbull again, right? Yeah. And the room's pitch black. And I start to realize, well, he couldn't have been showing me pictures of a Pitbull if the room's black. Right. 
So I went to crawl back into bed and the serenity prayer was on that desk. And I picked it up and I said, well, what the hell? Yeah. And I read it. The minute I read that prayer, I went to sleep immediately. Hmm. The next day I woke up with no voices in my head. What happened? I let spirituality back into my body. Right. The cure for disease is spirituality, doing good things. And I'm not a religious person. Right. But there's something greater than me. I don't know what it is. We all need a higher purpose. Me and you could build this house yeah. faster than me could build it. Right. So the, the power greater than me is me and you. Community. Right. So same with, so for me now, God stands for good orderly direction. I had to simplify it. Because right. I don't believe that there's somebody floating in the sky. Right. Which is okay. Yeah. If somebody else does believe that, I'm not going to knock right. it. I'm not going to, I don't judge anybody else's belief. Yeah. Right. But for me, it didn't work. Right. So for me, I just had to start to think about other things that God meant. Group of drug addicts. Getting right. sober. Right. Yeah. So God, group of drug addicts. Right. We go to a place to get well. We help each other. Yeah. Right. That's good orderly direction. Okay. I like that. It's easy. Yeah. I had to simplify. But you found... See, here's the other thing. and uh, Here's where I might go off topic. But with this COVID thing, yeah. so many of us have lost our purpose. Yeah. We're stuck at home. Oh. At first, we're like, this is great. Yeah. I get to, you know, eat cake yeah. and oh, dude, chocolate milk all day. I was up like 15 pounds. Holy fuck, I need to get outside. I was up 15. Yeah. And I'm only like... Right? I can't be up 15. But we, we lost our purpose. Yeah. And honestly, going back to relating it to this... I mean, I was drinking a, a lot more beers. I wasn't getting hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, hold, hold on. I'm doing this to fill a void. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and that's why I'm like, it just didn't sit well. And then I got my daughter. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what am I communicating to her if she's to see this? I'm bored. So I'm going to yeah. drink beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and play well, video games. Well, then she says, well, he's a little more fun when he's had some. Yeah. It's, or it's, or it's I'm gonna, not more fun. Right. It's just going to start That's the that, other yeah, scary thing. Yeah. Right. Because my dad, he struggled with yeah, alcohol, yeah. right? And then you and he died when I was fourteen, and you know, then you see that or whatever. Like we all have our stories, right? And you have people you talk to about that, yeah. Because like, if you don't, that bag, like, that's the thing. Is a lot of addicts I deal with now. They're like, I go through all their step work, mm. and then like, you know, six months later, I find out that he had a brother died at thirteen. I'm like, yeah. Dude, you didn't where, tell me everything. Where was the bag? Like, yeah. where was that in the bag? But don't you think that, that bag is full with just that? Yeah. Well, that's like, coming you know, out for, of the bag. For you know, for damn well, your your dad passed. Yeah, dude, that's insane for a kid to deal with, and that will fill the complete bag. So now you got homework. You're fourteen, yeah. fifteen. You got homework, right? Like yeah. a simple task. Yeah. You can't do it because no. the bag's already full. And I think, like, now doctors are like, well, just give them antidepressants. Give them anti-anxiety meds, mm-hmm. right? All these medication, yes, they they can get somebody from not killing themselves. But what's in the bag? Nobody's clearing the bag. And that's, me as a counselor, that's my biggest yeah. goal is, like, first of all, I can't prescribe medication. No. Second of all, why? Mm-hmm. That's the question that I think so many of us fail to identify is why? Why do we feel this way? This is what we're doing. This is the what, or maybe it's the how, but it's not the why. Right. Why am I 
smoking weed every night to fall asleep? What's on my mind that I can't relax right. and rest? Right. So yeah, it's just, it's insane that, uh, you know, kids aren't given the tools to start to talk about things. That's what, that's what my goal is on changing. Because right. I wasn't given those tools. No, no, no. Were you given those no, tools? No, no, no. Right? Right. The tools we had were getting high. Right. And that's, those tools are still out there today. That's the scary part. Yeah. And right. they're a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because to face your demons, that's not, that's not no. sexy to society. No. Right? Yeah. They're making it easier now. Well, even doctors are doing it now, right? They're prescribing it just because it's easy. Yeah. Emptying your bag is the hardest thing you ever do. Can your bag ever be completely no. empty? Okay. So, no. No. Yeah, it, it, it I'm about as empty as it gets right now. Right. 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 And that's after 19 years and 16 things of step work. Each step, each book of steps has got like six, 700 questions about like who you are as a person. Wow. So if you do a set of steps, it's life changing. You start to figure out what, who you are and what you are and what made you who you are. And what are the things that, so I, my step nine was making amends this year. I have like one amends that I have to make because if I do you wrong, like I'll owe me amends today. Right. Like, you know, new addicts, they probably have like 40 or 50 amends they have to make. Yeah. Right. How many people did they do wrong? And the other thing too, that I wonder about amends is, are those people, are they ready for that? Yeah. Or do they think that, oh, they're just going to get high again. Did you see that movie? Uh, shit, with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. No, I. My wife said it's awesome. Okay, I don't want to spoil it. But there's, but this question is in there. Oh, okay. You know, there's a change. Yeah. And they wonder, are you changed? Right. Right, because that's the hard. Oh yeah, part. everybody didn't trust me for a long time, right? Like I was a year and a half clean, and people didn't trust me, including the cops. <laughs> right. I worked at Home Depot when I got clean. Yeah, I come out of Home Depot, got arrested. They thought I was doing some grow up in Stave Lake. Right. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm working eleven dollars <laughs> yeah. an hour here, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think I'm running a grow up? <laughs> right. I got, I, I got an orange fucking apron on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they're like, Mr. Kelly, it's good to see you. Yeah. Like they know who I am, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, lots of people that I hung out with and stuff were all in either dead or in jail for murder, or you know. So that house that you lived at, did any of them have the turnaround that you did? Um, so out of the, I would say out of the 300 people that I met in the eight months. So like the house would house like about, call it 40 people at a time. This party house. Oh, what? Oh, oh, you're talking about the, oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, the recovery yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I don't know. I, I don't. You just I, cut that off. Those, all those people I, I don't associate with anybody. So you don't know if any of them got clean. No. And not only that, like with those people like me. How does peace work? <laughs> right. So like, you know, like any roommate I had when I was loaded, they're, yeah. we're not friends no more. Like well, I always burned those bridges and they always burned the bridges with me because they were just fellow addicts, right? Yeah. But the, out of the recovery house, this is a scary number, right? Out of the 300 guys that probably came through the house in the eight months, I stayed as long as I could. Yeah. I didn't have to. You were like, this is my Well, place. no, yeah, I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> I don't got a house to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm either going back to the crack shack I lived yeah. at or, like, on the streets. Like, right. legit, right? So, like, I wanted to stay as long as I could, right? So, say I met 300 guys. To this day, I know of, like, maybe three or four that are clean. 
still. That yeah, but like, but look at that. That's like, you know, what is one that? or two percent yeah. compared to what I told you earlier in yeah. AA was like an 80 percent success. Initially. Yeah. But like anything, the larger something becomes, it often can lose its way. Right. Right. Yeah, because the fellowship gets skewed, right? Of what yeah. the actual goal is, right? So what kept you sober for going on 19 years in August is that you kept doing the steps. Desire. Was a desire. Yeah. You realize that if I go back to that. Well, I wake up every day and say today, today is not the day. Yeah. It's never. It's not that it's never. It's just not today. Well, I always said this. If I don't. If I don't live in the present, right? If I got one foot on yesterday, so you're worried about the past or, mm-hmm. you know, your dad passing or my dad fucking up or if I just keep my foot back there and I got one f- worried about the future, death, right? What am I doing today? Taking, yeah. Taking a piss right on today. Yeah. Right? So I got to have one, I got to be in today. All I have is today. Tomorrow never comes. Right. Because tomorrow I'll wake up and it'll be today. So you always have to just live for today. Right. You don't know, man. You could be driving home and die tonight. Yeah. It's scary. No, that's, that's a good point. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But could. Yeah. All you right. have is now. All you have is now. And do the next right thing right now. Yeah. Right? Will you continue to do the next right thing? I'm not perfect. But if we're always trying to do the next right thing, we can live a sober life. Mm-hmm. Right? And we'll live in the moment. And you see me live in the moment when everybody else yeah. is partying. Yeah. I'm fucking out of the blast. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I'm and, like, and you, you wake... should have more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you're a good you're time. You're my entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. When you're drunk, yeah. you're fun. Yeah. You, yeah. you drink, I'll watch. Yeah. Until you're not fun. <laughs> right. Right. And I'll be there for when you're not. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's the thing with me is like, people know like, you know, there's people that have gone through, um, you know, I went to school with, who their parents have now called me and said, can you help my son? Well, mm. if he wants help. And yeah. And now that, that person, yes, or two days ago, just took 13 years clean, right? I found him in Langley with like nothing. I said, get in here. I'll drive to your mom's. She'll let you stay the night. Tomorrow you're going to treatment. He's 13 years clean. How many people do you think you've got? You've, you know, so there's, obviously it's your own volition, but. So uh, one, two, three. These are like straight out like their parents called me and I like went to their house and had intervention. There's minimum like six people that like I grew up with that said like, you know, come save me. Like where I went to. Dave said to you. Come well, or, or their or, mom, or, mom yeah, yeah. Or, or I, yeah. you know, they call me and say I'm in detox fucked up. Yeah. Right. Can you, and I would go there and like play a game of ping pong with them and say like, you know, I'm fucking eight years clean now. Yeah. This is the way you got to do it. Yeah. Right. And just like I said back in, you know, 1930s AA. Right. That person when no finally found a friend. Yeah. Who was a friend, not who, a drinking buddy. Right. Who was a friend yeah. who knew that I would be there. Right. Yeah. But in the, you know, I've lost friends too, right? To this disease, right? Where, like, I talked to somebody every day for four years, right? Every day. And he had eight months clean and he relapsed that day and died, right? 27 years old, right? You know, the, which I think everything happens for a reason. Some of it is like, I have to be more strict with the people I help. Because mm-hmm. I told them a month before, if you don't do the work, you're going to die. Right? And then I had, because if I didn't tell him that, and I don't do that and, and continue to do that to the people that I'm helping, like, I'm putting myself in jeopardy. Because you got to lay down at night and go, 
did I do the right thing? People yeah. always, I get off the phone all the time and I say, love you. Yeah. Right? And then I say, who are you talking to? You? <laughs> I don't know, just Rob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you said you love you. Yeah. Yeah. Because guess what? If he dies on the way home tonight, I, told I can you. sleep tonight. Right. Because I say I love you. The last word they said was love you. Right? But if I don't tell that guy, hey man, if you don't do the work, you're going to die? What is it? What's my job? That can save his life. My job is to make sure I can sleep at night. Yeah. Right? Without, with, you know, I'm not going to co-sign people's bullshit. If I tell you to do the work and you don't want to do the work. Well, that's, and, you know, I am just being mindful of the time here because I know, you know, I want to respect your life. Yeah, that's fine. But you mentioned something that I thought is so important in so many people's lives that is overlooked. And that's this idea of enablers. Mm -hmm. We all have friends and it's like, we kind of just accept their bullshit and let them keep doing that. But that's not what they need. Mm-hmm. They need someone to slap them in the face and, tell them how it is. and say, get your shit together. Right. Right. In, in a kind way. Yeah, yeah. But, but we can't just be like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. Well, because we're always feared of what is that person going to say. How's that person going to perceive us if we tell them the real truth? Right. But, and, and you said it yourself that your, your mom, you know, when the enablers stop, it sounds like that's almost when you're on the nice edge between death mm-hmm. and rebirth. So I don't know if you've ever watched the show Intervention, right? At the end of that show, they'll talk, they'll say like, you know, the dad will say, listen, kid, or listen, girl, like, listen, daughter, I love you and I need you to get well, mm-hmm. right? And this, I'm not giving you any more. There's no more money. Right. Money train, you're not staying at our house. They have rules and structures, right? Yeah. And as soon as you have rules and structures for addicts or, or anybody that needs help, right? They'll get well. Because they, well, they either will or they won't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you tell me what's worse. So say I have a son that's an addict. Yeah. You know, for a first year or two, I'm going to try and help him through his stuff. Right. Right? But once he takes too much and he's overstayed his welcome, Right? It's either I continue to let him be sick in my house, right? I come home one day and he's, you know, God forbid, overdosed in his bedroom. Yeah. Okay? Or I say enough's enough. There's no more here. You're not doing well here. And he leaves and he overdoses on the street. I know which one's worse. Right? Mm -hmm. I would rather him overdose on the street. Right. Because I can sleep at night. I gave him the opportunity. He didn't take it. Right. I'm enabling him to get high in the bedroom. Yeah, because you're letting it happen here. I'm worse. I can't. Yeah. How am I going to sleep at night with that? Yeah. I'm the causer of it. Right. Because right. you're giving him the environment. Right. And I think that that's another huge thing is... So many people are enabling people right now. Yeah. So what's your advice to someone who thinks that they're struggling or to somebody who's living with someone who's struggling? Well, they have to reach out, right? So there's, uh, there's Al-Anon for people that are with loved ones that have disease. Right. Have the disease and don't know the tools to get somebody better. Okay. Right? And then those addicts need to reach out to people that are willing to help. Right. And willing to help doesn't mean money. Yeah. Willing to help means ride to a meeting. Right. Right? Willing to help is not, I need food. Right? There's so many panhandlers and people that need money. How are you you giving him $3? How is that helping him? It's not. It's getting him high. Yeah. Or it's getting him food to get his next high. Right. right? He's going to eat a cheeseburger and he can last another day on the street. But that doesn't help anybody. I always tell people when they ask for money, 
if you sit and listen to my story, I'll give you a toonie. Yeah. But you're going to have to listen. Right. And we just went through it and it's 50 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so if, if you they got a listen, job, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, only yeah. listening for two bucks, let's yeah. sit down. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe it'll save somebody. Right? My goal is to save pe- people, right? Yeah. Well, that empowers you. Yeah. It's uh, Stephen Hawking described it as the selfish gene, right? Mm-hmm. When we help others, we're helping ourselves. Right, right. I don't the only care. way. Whatever. Right. It's the only Give way. me more of that. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that was a fast 50 minutes. <laughs> it goes fast. Yeah. I can talk for hours, right, about well, it. Because I could it's something too. that's so, like. You're passionate about it. Oh, I love it, dude. And, and the way of life. Look at, look at the stuff I have and not just material. No. Friends. Yeah. People. This is a family. Living. Yeah. Right? Any I'm there for anybody if they need. Yeah. Right? If you call me at one o'clock in the morning and say I have a friend that's struggling and needs help, bring him to my house. Right. We'll get him well. That's what it is. It's true presence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're getting wasted, you are absent minded to the T. <laughs> I can attest to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when you're sober and you're suddenly you're having weekends where you're like, oh, that's weird. I was just like people, the, the new thing is the nudes, these nudes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got, I got virgin nudes. <laughs> yeah. And they're like. My attic brain's like, I wonder what they taste like. Yeah. <laughs> How are fucking bubbly? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like, I just want to help people see that maybe we're not as free as we think. Right. With the things that we put in our body. Right. And that's kind of my new passion, and that's sort of the purpose behind all of this. So, so good, man. I want to thank you yeah, for your thank time. You, man. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, so thanks, guys. I hope you liked it. All right, take care.